Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June, through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Cleve Flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for With the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake From Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on X and Instagram. I think that's the first time I've said X. Oh. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake, puntandpass.com the number one destination for all things college football. Well, it's a bittersweet episode. We only got one more game left, Jake. It means it's the end of the college football season. The college football playoff national championship game is happening on Monday nights in Houston, Texas. Number one, Michigan against number two, Washington. We'll dive into all of that. We got a couple of other news and notes across the college football landscape that we'll break down for all of our awesome listeners. But first things first. How are you, brother? What's going on? Yeah, man, doing great. Doing pretty good. Can't complain. It's just, I'm just thinking it's so bittersweet, man. All good things must come to an end. Yeah. Uh, the college football season is ending. So is uh, our football season uh, here in Washington. So, you know, the NFL playoffs are starting up, but man, for a lot of guys, season's over. So we just kind of turning that uh, switch in, in our brains and in our bodies and, uh, just uh, when you enjoy football season so much, you hate to see it come to an end. But, yep. uh, man, you just start kind of looking forward to next year and all those good things. So that's kind of where I'm at, man. I want to finish strong and uh, really start this uh, new year off on a, on a good note. Absolutely. So the Washington Commanders hosting the Dallas Cowboys week 18. Unfortunately, the Commanders not going to the playoffs. So Monday or Tuesday, you'll have your exit interviews with the coaches, and then you'll be on the way home. What is on the schedule, really, for the mm. next 10 days when you get home? Are we hunting? Are we golfing? Are you sitting on the couch? Does the diet go by the wayside? What is Jake from doing um, from January 8th until just call it January 18th? Oh, yeah. So, uh, man, we, uh, wife and I are probably going to get out of here pretty quick, drive home, uh, maybe Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So just think Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I would love to be duck hunting that morning. So duck hunting. Okay. I only have three weeks of duck hunting this season, right? Duck hunting goes out January 31st, and I'm going to try to get as many days in as I can. However, wife and I have a beach trip planned up. Sweet. 
um, coming up pretty soon. Little baby and moon action. Little baby moon is? action okay. also yeah. coming up here in January. So we're getting ready for that. Want to catch some rays, get some vitamin D. And yeah. uh, it's just something me and her have always enjoyed, just getting out, get to the peach. She loves it. Uh, so we're going to get back from that and then try to crush out some more uh, duck hunting. So you can uh, kill as many ducks as you want. Is there any limit or can you just blast away? Yeah. So uh, in in Georgia and most of the other states, I believe it's it's six ducks a day. Now, which species of ducks you can kind of play with, gotcha. with how you get to your full limit bag. Um, it's a little bit different in different states, depending on what you can do. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can kind of play, play with those numbers, get, get six ducks. Uh, usually in Georgia, you're going to shoot your three wood ducks and, and be, be about done. Uh, okay. cause there's not, not that many other species of ducks that, that fly frequently around, but, um, man, it's fun. I enjoy it. You get to be with the guys Sweet. and, uh, if it flies, it dies. Maybe I'll come join you one day if I'm lucky enough to get the invite again. If you want to imagine the wedding crasher scene of, I don't even know what the <laughs> F a quill good. looks like. That would be me <laughs> standing next to you hunting uh, oh, ducks, I guess, ducks. So, yeah, we have a good weekend coming up. A um, couple of football games, obviously NFL final weekend. The SCS National Championship is on Saturday. I would urge all of you to watch that. Great football. I believe it's North Dakota State against montana that game's in frisco texas always fun to check in on that action and of course the national championship game on monday night before we get to other news and notes around college football gotta mention because they've been awesome partners all season long that this episode is presented to you by prize picks download the prize picks app use the promo code punt you get a 100 deposit match up to your first $100. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, NASCAR, esports, literally everything. How about PGA Tour golf? I put in a little entry last night. They're out in Maui and I won. It's that simple. Use the promo code PUNT when you download Price Picks. Pick two to six players. Guess if they will go more or less in their prize picks projection, you can win 25x your money. Download the prize picks app, check them out on social media at prizepicks, prizepicks.com. Promo code PUNT, 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Um, we'll start in Athens. Some news out of Athens later this week. A couple of big announcements of guys coming back on the lines of scrimmage, which I think is probably really important. First things first, on the offensive line, Tate Ratledge announces he's coming back for his final year. I would have to assume, Jake, that Carson Beck's decision to come back was probably contingent on some of his linemen telling him, hey, I'll be back next year as well. Am I on base there, or or was maybe Tate Ratledge coming back because Carson Beck said he was coming back? Yeah, I think uh, those two things can be a little synonymous. Like I think there's conversations being had uh, with the guys throughout the team. Hey, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What kind of grades you get? I'm thinking about coming back. Hey, the the more guys you can get on the same page, uh, especially of the coming back, like that, that's just gearing up to have a really good team going yeah. into the, into the off season. So I, I know that I, I say, I know, but I, I am 99% sure um, that the conversations being had were pretty fluid um, and really, I'm sure Carson was was letting guys know kind of what what he was feeling, and and probably let guys know early what what he's going to do. But um, 
you know, I think that you have to do what's best for you. But uh, I think when there's enough guys buying in and coming back, uh, you could see that potentially starting to have a snowball effect. No question. I mean, it's just like when these guys are getting recruited out of high school, you talk to one another, you want to yep. play together. Uh, you're strengthening the bond, not only between the guys in the locker room, but also hopefully to have more success on the field. And again, Tate Ratledge, an All-American, he announces he is coming back. That's big time for this offense. On the defensive line, Nazir Stackhouse, he announces that he's coming back. I think this is key because clearly Georgia is going to address bolstering the defensive line, but having that leadership of a guy like Nazir to, to be there with that experience, to lead the younger guys, maybe they further address it in the portal, Jake. They certainly have their recruiting. Uh, he announces he's coming back. And again, that's leadership. Carson Beck, Tate Ratledge, Nazir Stackhouse, these are guys that have been in the program for a long time. They're part of the culture that everybody talks about so much surrounding Georgia football. Uh, and that was another big announcement on a Friday for Georgia. Yeah, another big one. Uh, you know, you have Nazir, you have Tate, like guys in the trenches. That's where the the huge differentiator is on the field, huge. especially in the SEC. It's just having the interior guys win the line of scrimmage uh, and set that line of scrimmage. So there, there's a physicality, there's a toughness there especially when you have good veteran players who are coming back, really sets a tone for your entire football team. No question about it. Carson Beck was named Georgia's MVP by ESPN. I think that's right. A lot of people probably point to Brock Bowers. You know, Brock missed three games. He was banged up all season long. He still produced at an extremely high clip. The third three-time All-American in Georgia football history in rarefied air, no doubt about it. But Carson Beck getting named Georgia's MVP by ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, I think is the right thing to do. So much, so many times early on in the season, Jake, you and I included, people were clamoring for Carson Beck to just kind of let loose. And you know when he did? It's when Carson Beck got hurt. Uh, Carson, excuse me, Brock Bowers got hurt. When Brock Bowers got hurt, Carson Beck really took the reins of the offense specifically, but of the football team and led them to yet another undefeated regular season was extremely efficient. Uh, and the fact that he's coming back next year, it's, it's huge. It cannot be understated. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to take us to math class here and I would say Carson Beck's growth throughout the year was not linear. It was exponential. Great right? job, Jake. You like that? Dude. Yeah, That's pretty I do good. Like that class is I mean, in he, session. He just kept getting better. And then towards the end of the season, man, you really started to see him make strides and strides and strides, like you mentioned when Brock Bowers goes down. Um, and I, I think I think they got it right, man. I, I think without Carson, and I think another wild card here for this MVP is is Mike Bobo as well. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Bobo, I think, did a fantastic job of uh calling plays, uh putting guys in the right spot. And and letting Carson do what Carson does best, um, letting it rip, putting guys in the right spot. Uh, I love that. I, I really like what I saw, and I'm excited to see how they can grow and build on it uh, next year. You'd have to think Coach Bobo is feeling pretty good about the offense that he will have to call next year. Carson Beck, quarterback, of course, coming back. Ernest Green on the line. Tate Ratledge on the line. How about these skill positions? Dylan Bell, Dominic Lovett, they'll be back. They played there last year. You get Trevor Etienne from Florida in the transfer portal. Yeah. You get Vanderbilt wide receiver London Humphreys. You get the Miami wide receiver Colby Young. Of course, you have the running backs uh, that are there as well. You're going to need it because the schedule's tough next year. At Alabama, at Texas, at Ole Miss. It's going to be fun. 
in 2024. It's unfortunate the dogs didn't make it to the college football playoff. It's unfortunate they're not playing on Monday night, but you know what? They'll get another chance next year. All right, before we keep moving on, let's stick to Georgia for one more thing. I will just briefly mention, speaking of next year, Georgia has opened up as the early favorite in Las Vegas to win the 2024 college football playoff. I believe they are plus 500. They're five to one right behind them is Alabama, then Ohio State, then Texas, then Michigan. So Georgia, the odds on favorite to win the college football playoff next year already before this year's college football playoff national championship has been played. The one thing that I did want to get to, because this made waves earlier in the week, Julian Humphrey, a defensive back at Georgia, who was a highly recruited five-star that has been at Georgia and played a little bit. He announced he was going into the transfer portal. Okay. Kind of come to expect that, right? Didn't get a lot of playing time. Maybe didn't break through. Maybe thinks he can go find greener pastures. 48 hours later, Jake, he announces he's not going to go transfer. He's going to stay at Georgia. He tweeted out or Instagrammed a picture of him with his family and Coach Muschamp. So obviously he was essentially, it seems like he was re-recruited to stay where he already is. The reason I bring this up is because his teammates roasted him on his Instagram. Roasted him in the comments. I'm reading them from my phone. Tyke Smith comments. This is this is Julian Humphrey announcing he's staying at Georgia. I'm reading from my phone. Tyke Smith, what the hell? Troy Bowles, come on, cuz. Javon Bullard, man, are you leaving or not? Fry face emoji. Roderick Robinson, man, what you got going on? I mean, this is hilarious. Kendall Milton, bro, what? Cry face, cry face, cry face. Daniel Harris, cry face, cry face, WTF. Very funny stuff. Kamari Lasseter, this MF here, cry face, cry face, Lil Bros. They are roasting this guy for going into the portal and then announcing 48 hours later, I'm not leaving. Again, it just speaks to the culture at Georgia. Are you going? Are you not? Are you one foot in? Are you one foot out? Make up your mind because you got to be all in to be a Georgia Bulldog. And I, and I love seeing that because, look, you're in an NFL locker room right now. There's nothing like the camaraderie and the shit talking that goes on inside a locker room. Yeah, no, there's nothing like it. If uh, if you have if you've been blessed enough to to be a part of that and know what that's like, it's a it's a cool, it's a special deal. If you haven't, I'm sorry. There's nothing else that I know of yet in this world that compares to it. Yeah. Um. And man, guys are gonna be guys and uh, gonna gonna kind of rip on on players and um. It's just just part of the good and the fun uh, that all comes with it. But uh. Yeah, I think sometimes guys don't even know where they're at. Sometimes they think the 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 grass is greener on the other side. Maybe he got a little jingle in his pocket. I don't know. Um, but uh, I think it's a good thing that he's staying. And he better get on the ship soon. Because no doubt. That, that 2024 National Championship ship is going to be leaving here soon with the winter workouts and the winter conditioning. So better get ready, better get your mind right, because the clock is about to start. No question about it. So really funny. And I will just say this. You may or may not agree with me. I'd love your thoughts. Every single locker room that I've been in, I feel like from high school to Georgia to the NFL, the defensive backs, the DBs, they are by far and away the funniest. They are by far and away the loudest. And they are by far and away the most ruthless, meaning they will take down anybody. They will make fun of each other. 
they are straight up damn hilarious in this DB group, obviously getting into Julian Humphrey's comments on Instagram and just tearing him apart. That's par for the course. I'm afraid. Yeah. So for me and my experience, and, and you hit one of them for sure. There's always three position groups that just always cause the most chaos getting into the most trouble. And you just know the the team clown, so to speak, is going to come from one of these three rooms. See, either the DB room, like you mentioned, the wide receiver room, yeah. or the defensive line room. Yeah, defensive linemen. But that's are, – are defensive linemen different? Uh, because the, the DBs and the wide receivers, they're kind of like two in the same. They're, they're so outrageous and so funny. The defensive linemen, I get it. I just feel like that's a different type of almost comedy slash class, class clown if you get it. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And to me, what, what makes a, a defensive lineman get away with it e- even more is because they know they can get away with it. Because yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to say something to the biggest person that's on right. the field? Like, hey, well, I, I can say whatever I want because what are you going to do about it? That's so right. That's what's going through their head. And uh, for them, most of the time, anything goes. That's too funny. And I, and I totally agree. So shout out to the Georgia DBs holding Julian Humphrey accountable. I'm, I'm glad Julian Humphrey's back. That, that, that should be a great pickup. If you want to call it that re-recruiting him to stay at Georgia. One more piece of transfer news. Ohio state announces they're getting Will Howard, Will Howard, longtime starter from Kansas state. He's going to Ohio state. Some are calling it Kyle McCord 2.0. Some in the media are saying it's not that big of an upgrade. Couldn't Ryan day do better. Seems like Ohio State, the quarterback position there, would be one of the most lucrative in the country. An interesting pickup here. Um, I just I don't really know what to think of it so far. I've always had a lot of respect for Will Howard. And again, like starting that many games of college football, certainly you can't take that for granted. No, I mean, hey, he, he's got the reps. He's got starts. Uh, he's had the opportunity to play in, in big-time games. And uh I think what maybe they're thinking at Ohio State is, hey, we have a really good machine working. Let's just find somebody who can go out and, and operate an offense and not screw this thing up for us, basically. Um, and and not that he's not a dynamic football player, but obviously they, they see something in him rather than um, trying to develop a younger guy. I think maybe they also think that their roster is built to win now. We need to go make a, a move at this thing and and – go and, and win a national championship next year. Like they're thinking, Hey, yeah. we gotta, we gotta do this next year. So take the experience and take a guy who's, who's kind of been there and done that uh, out there at the college football level. And um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a really good football player and I think he'll have success there. No question about it. All right, let's dive into this national championship game. Uh, before we do that. Oh, I got one more thing to mention. Sorry. I'm kind of all Talk over the place. There was this other Instagram video going around from the orange bowl week. And it was a video of Kirby Smart walking into the press conference. And it was him, it was Bryant Gant, and it was Claude Felton. And Kirby just looked out of sorts. He he looked bad, like straight up. And there was this video, and when I say out of sorts, like he looked totally out of it. Looked like he had just woken up. Looked like he might have had a long night. And, And the Instagram video was insinuating, man, Kirby must have had fun in Miami last night. Now, this is the press conference. This is the day before the game. Coaches don't usually get into that kind of stuff. My sources tell me Kirby Smart had a 102-degree fever, and they dragged him to that press conference. Now, if you have ever had, being an adult, you know, call it 35 or over, 102, 103 fevers, they hit you like you 
can't believe when I got that piece of information that Kirby Smart was that sick. I thought to myself, one, I can't believe he made it to that press conference. Two, I can't believe they dragged him to that press conference. And then three, I got to give him a lot of props for just being able to stand on his feet and walk forward. To sit there, field those questions with a running 102-degree fever, God bless that guy because I don't wish that on anybody, anybody. So if you have seen that almost semi-viral video uh, and people were making light of it, that dude was struggling with a high, high fever. So I'm glad he's feeling better. It's amazing he was able to make it onto the sideline for the game. But, dude, those fevers, they they knock you down so bad. Your body kills. I, I can't believe he did that. I cannot believe that. Hey, just a guy who uh, practices what he preaches. No question, and, dude. And, hey, man, if he's, ask, if he's asking for every little bit, every little ounce from his guys that – Hey man, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna do the work too. So actually, I, man, a little little side story here. I had the stomach flu probably a month ago. I thought I was gonna die, man. I, I, know, ne- I have never felt so bad before. I mean, like it just felt ter- and it was for 24 hours. I know, and it was done. But man, I didn't want to do anything. I know, especially not get up and start fielding questions. Like, no way, dude. No way. All no right. Way. I just had to get that off my chest because I saw it and I was like, what's going on here? And then I got that detail. So glad he's feeling better. Hopefully he's getting a little bit of rest. Maybe, maybe he's at the beach with his 48 hours uh, a year that he gets off. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Time to talk about the college football playoff national championship. Of course, you know me, I'll be on prize picks when I'm watching this awesome matchup. So before the game kicks off, head on over to my social media at Drew Butler. I will put up a DB three piece. The last one of the year for college football, go to prize picks, download the prize picks at prizepicks.com. Use the promo code punt. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Can't wait. There's going to be so much action on the prize picks board for the college football playoff national championship game. Monday night, January 8th, 8 PM Houston Texans. NRG Stadium, number one Michigan against number two Washington. Jake, it's the first time since 2019 that the college football playoff national championship has consisted of the number one and number two teams. Right now, Michigan is a four and a half point favorite. That number has held steady all week long. The total is 56 and a half points, so a little bit higher. A lot of ways to look at this game. The first question I want to ask you is this, because you actually – experienced this Michigan won in a highly emotional overtime Rose bowl game. Now they have to go back to Ann Arbor. Now they have to prepare for Washington. Then they have to travel to Texas. Okay. You and Georgia won a highly emotional overtime Rose bowl game against Oklahoma. Then you had to go back to Athens, prepare for Alabama. Luckily that game was in Atlanta. Is there anything to take from that much emotion going into that semifinal game? Michigan took a huge monkey off their back as well, finally getting to the national championship. That would make you think maybe they burn the ships in the semifinal game, or do you like how this team is built to say this is going to be a great matchup? Yeah, I I mean, you just threw me back thinking about that moment, and – I mean, you almost couldn't even enjoy it because I just I remember Kirby yelling, get on the plane, get on the plane. We got to go home. We got to go home because he he wanted the competition never stops for him. He wanted to beat Alabama and or Clemson 
into bed that night. They're yeah. playing in the Sugar Bowl after us. Obviously, it's a shorter flight home from there. But he wanted to beat them by getting more rest and getting in bed earlier that night. So that's all I remember from the Rose Bowl game. Um, you know, we we talk about the is a, an emotional win for uh, Michigan as well. You just you can't let it exhaust you, right? You you know you have a week, and at some point, man, you gotta you gotta come back down to to normal base to normal feeling and operate on a normal week and then slowly let this thing creep up to the magnitude that it's going to. But if you if you start on on Tuesday and Wednesday of of, of taking it up to uh, 150%, you're going to absolutely wear yourself out. Uh, so mentally, you just kind of slow play it just a little bit um, and, and let each and every day slowly prepare you more and more and more for what this game is going to be like. This is going to be a long game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be down the wire, four-quarter yeah. game, and it's going to mentally and physically absolutely drain you um, and emotionally as well. And you would have to think that Jim Harbaugh is kind of in that same ilk as Kirby Smart from a maniacal standpoint of of wanting to uncover every advantage you possibly can. Um, even in his post-game press conference. And I thought Michigan players did a really good job. There was a huge celebration. Of course they rushed the field. Like, obviously. Every single one of them said, we have one more game to play, right? Like, yeah, you're going to celebrate. You just accomplished something. You just beat Alabama. You're going to the national championship. But as soon as the microphones got stuck in their face, they said, we got one more game to play. And Jim Harbaugh did the same thing. So I would think he took that same approach as well after the Rose Bowl game. That would negate my initial thought of, is there an advantage to Washington? Yeah, they they played a great game as well. Texas tried to come back, but it was not as emotional as maybe that Michigan win was uh, there was a great clip that was going around earlier of Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy has his podcast. It's called Always College Football on the o- Omaha Productions Network, and he was talking about one of his encounters with Jim Harbaugh. It's back in 2015. Harbaugh had just taken the Michigan job, and he saw Harbaugh at a media days. Uh, and, and you know, Greg's been with ESPN, I think, since the beginning of the SEC Network. Hmm. Harbaugh comes up to him and he's like, "Hey, Greg, sir, are you done playing?" Greg's like, yeah, you know, I finished up a couple of years ago. I decided that this is how I wanted to stay involved with the game. I wanted to go into broadcasting. I love it. I get to stay involved with college football. And, you know, it's been great. And Greg's telling the story. And he goes, Harbaugh looks at me and goes, oh, so you don't love football. And, and Greg's like, well, what do you mean? Like, I, I love football. That's why I'm in it. I get to stay involved. And he's like, no, 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 you, you don't love football. If you love football, you play. And, and when you no longer play, you coach. And then when you no longer coach, you die. That's what, he, that's what McElroy's <laughs> saying. He said, and Harbaugh was being dead ass serious. It's like, oh, you clearly don't love football if you get out of the game in any capacity, whether it's not playing or coaching. I thought that was very funny. And it is in line with some of the Jim Harbaugh stories that you hear all around. I've got one quick one. I don't want to talk your head off, but it was week 17. It was week 17 back then, last game of the season, 2014. Uh, Harbaugh. Last game as the San Francisco 49ers coach. You got me? 49ers out of the playoffs. Arizona Cardinals in the playoffs, and we were a wild card team, so we were playing the next week. Jim Harbaugh played with my dad at the Chicago Bears. He was his holder, actually, for a couple of years. Pre-game, I'm warming up. What is that, an hour and a half before kickoff? The punters and kickers go out there and warm up. So I'm warming up. 
and I'm on the opposite side of the field. There's nobody on the field. This is way before the game. Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, stands right next to me, Jake. He has a timer. He is timing my punts. He's asking me about my parents. How's your dad doing? Oh, yeah, how's your dad doing? Nice punt. Timing my punts an hour and a half before the game. I was like, dude, what are you doing? The head coach of the opposing team, granted he had some family connections, but he's a different cat, man. He's a different cat. And a lot of people could guess as to what he's going to do uh, after the game Monday. Not a lot of rumors out there that he may go to the NFL. So sorry to go off on a tangent, but you just brought it to me with the Kirby Smart. Get on the bus. We got to get to sleep. We got another game to play. Yeah, I I don't want to throw my uh, position coach under the bus at all. But uh, Tavita Pritchard, he he was at Stanford, um, played uh, with Andrew Luck, uh, and then he continued to stay on staff there coached under Harbaugh as well. So he's got, he's very familiar with Harbaugh, got a lot of Harbaugh stories um, from his time there with him. But uh, yeah, everything that I've heard and seen so far has been on par with the stories and the experiences that he shares with us in the quarterback room. So um, also, I don't know if you saw it, but somebody interviewed Harbaugh's parents. Yes. Unbelievable. After the game. Unbelievable. Hilarious. Spinning image of Jim Harbaugh. One of the most all-time interviews ever, I thought. And immediately, I get it. I, I send it into the quarterback group message. And, uh, yeah, Jacoby has got a screenshot from where he had sent it to Coach literally like 30 minutes before. So just just hilarious. Uh, I did, like, they're identical twins just 30 years apart. Yeah. Um, who's yeah, got that, is, that is insane. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) That's great. Think about this, though. Harbaugh could very well, obviously, win the national championship. John Harbaugh could very well win the Super Bowl, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, the Harbaugh's could be on top of the football world. Oh, yeah. Which would be on. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about the game. What do you think is going to happen? Two great quarterbacks, Michael Penix Jr. obviously can deliver it with accuracy like nobody else can, especially left standing. J.J. McCarthy showed his athleticism and and his will to win. Michigan's run game is elite. Michigan's run defense is also very good. But Washington, I just keep saying it week after week, Jake, they just find ways to win. Michael Penix versus Texas, 29-38, two touchdowns, 430 yards passing. Michigan only had 351 total yards against Alabama. So what gives in a matchup like this? Yeah, we're going to hit some broad strokes, and then maybe we're going to condense this thing down and get a uh, and get a good thesis going into the game here. Man, I'm continuing to stay in school here and uh, coming up with some vocab words. But if to me, if this game ends up being a shootout, Washington wins. If this is a gritty, physical, nasty game, Michigan wins. Um, I think if Michigan can keep Washington's explosive plays to less than eight, I think Michigan wins. Uh, If Michigan plays good defense like they did against Alabama, man, I really like Michigan to win. How well can Washington's front seven Old Michigan's running offense. Yeah, back. just affect it, right? Yeah. Just disrupt it somehow. Because Blake Corum is a freak. He is a great running back. Great running back. Can can Michigan put two good offensive plans back-to-back in back-to-back weeks? Okay, let's talk about this. Can, can J.J. McCarthy 
play on par with Michael Penix Jr. Uh, in the passing game or or simply being as effective as needed? You know, because yeah. I, I think I think playing as good as Michael Penix would essentially be don't let Michael Penix touch the ball that much. Like, yeah. grind the game out. You cannot give Washington with those elite wide receivers, Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk. Like, those guys are going to get theirs. There's no doubt about it. They do it week after week. Dylan Johnson, the running back at Washington, Washington only had 3.3 yards per carry against Texas. It's nothing to really write home about. Mm, but Dylan home. Johnson, when they were trying to run the clock out, their starting running back got injured. Seems like he's questionable for the game. You would think that they'll give him whatever they possibly can to allow him to play, to take some of the pressure off the passing game. But to answer your question, you just you have to manage the game, meaning long, sustained drives, in order for Michael Penix and that elite passing attack not to be able to gash you time and time again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right now, if I'm game planning and I'm Michigan – like you said, I, hey, I'm telling the offense we have to go and we're going to try to eat eight minutes off the clock yeah. every single drive. Let's have 12 play drives. Um, let's just run the ball, run the ball effectively. Hey, if if we get to third and three, third and fours, hey, so what? Let's let's run the ball. Uh, that's what we want. And suffocate Washington on yeah. offense to make them think that they have to press and, and go score yes. fast. Because I, I that can't got, be a good feeling. Yeah, if, if you, they're not Washington's offense, is it going to get in rhythm if they never have the ball? So play keep away this game, and how how effective can they be in doing that? I don't know. Honestly, I just I like Washington to win this football game because they have found a way to win throughout the entire season. Something that you and I both have talked about. Yep. You know, is is it going to be their knack? Is it is it going to be a crutch that it's just going to bite them in the rear end sooner or later? Um, but this this is the last game, right? And they found a way to win up to this point, and I, I think they're a good team. They play complimentary ball on both sides of the ball. I think they find a way to win one more game, dude. I I think so too. Uh, right now on the money line, Washington plus one sixty five. Last time I checked, so you're getting a little something back if you think they're going to take the game, plus 170. Just updated Michigan, minus 195. The total's 56 and a half. I think Michigan can score. So so yeah, if do it too. does get into a shootout, because that's the way Washington's going to win. Washington is not going to win a knockdown drag out against Michigan. I think Washington will get up early. Michigan will be able to put points on the board to keep pace, and then Washington pulls away late. The, the X factor is the special teams of Michigan. Think about what happened a week ago. Yeah. Fumbled a punt, okay, gave up seven points, missed a field goal, botched yeah. an extra point, and then late in the game, the great forgotten play. When almost, the guy the safety to lose it. I mean, what the hell was that dude thinking? The rule is toes on the 10-yard line. If you back up. Let it go. Did. You there don't. Is go. A, there is no backing up. You don't back up. Exactly. Your head, you let exactly. it go. Exactly. And he backed up on the five-yard line, tried to catch it, fumbled it, recovered it, even made a better play by hanging on to it. And they were down at the one-yard line. So Michigan special teams is going to have a lot of pressure. This game isn't indoors, obviously. They're going to have a lot of pressure on them because they're going to have the feeling of we can't screw this up for our defense and for our offense who have been highly effective. Four and a half is too many points. Give me the four and a half points. I just think this game come down to the wire. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. 
crazy to think this is the Pac-12's last game yeah. as a football conference. So Monday night at 12.30 a.m., or call that Tuesday morning at 12.30 a.m., 1 a.m., the Pac-12 football will cease to exist. It's over. It's crazy to think. It is so, so, so crazy. What happens then if Washington wins? It will be a great storyline. Pac-12 wins a national title on the way out. But does the Big Ten then absorb that national title? Because it's like when yeah. the Big Ten is going to be marketing and advertising, of course they're going to add USC's national titles into their total national title count. So it'll be in the Pac-12 for a good 24 hours, and then boom, it's going into the Big Ten. Crazy to think. Crazy to think. Do uh, do conferences get uh, money bonuses for? Yeah, but that's team? all going to the Pac-12 for, for those okay. specific reasons. That's correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just just thinking about that. I I I want the the good feel good story of the Pac-12 going out on top. I just think it'd be good. I think it'd be neat. Um, why the the Pac-12 is disbanding? I guess I get it, yeah. um, but I, I just I like a little bit of of history and order and a little bit of tradition. I guess yeah. When you when you're watching college football at eleven forty five p.m. on a Saturday night, you're watching Pac twelve football. No more. Exactly. And no no more. more. What's your score prediction? Give me a score prediction before. Uh, so I I did say earlier in the pod that if Washington wins, it's probably going to be a shootout. So I, I think. Um, Let's go 38 to 31 Washington. Wow. So over the total, 38 points on a defense that is allowing probably around 10 points a game. I like 31 Washington, 28 Michigan. That's about it. That's good. That's good too. 31 to 28. So be a great game. Uh, we'll have one more episode of Punt and Pass for you after the national championship game. If I can sneak in Jake Fromm between his duck hunting expeditions, uh, we'll get a nice little recap, talk about whatever else is going on. Oh, I got you, football world. I got because, you slated, Coach. I okay, got you good, slated good. Tuesday morning. There you go. I, I got you a window, Coach. I love it. I love it. Well, I'll definitely get that on the books because we might have some Harbaugh news to break. We might have some other news on some transfers or some coach openings because once that Michigan job opens up, if it does – Watch out. They're going to go after whoever they <laughs> want. That is a bit, I think so too. And then who gets the LSU job? So Jake Fromm, he he knows where he knows where I'm going for those rumors that are out there right now. But uh, national championship game going to be a good one. Again, please download the prize picks app. Make the national championship viewing experience even better and profitable with prize picks. Download the prize picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match. Up to your first $100, pick two to six players. Guess that they will go more or less in their prize picks projection, and you can win 25x your money. Again, promo code PUNT, prizepicks.com, at prizepicks on X and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake, at Punt and Pass, puntandpass.com. Mr. From, anything on the way out, my man? No, get your popcorn, tune in. It's going to be a good game down the wire. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you on Tuesday. See you. We up.
Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June, through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win camp margaritaville rv resort where you can just breathe in and breathe out <sighs> or move there's biking boating arcade games hiking nearby golfing or fly through the new fins up water park thrills chills twists and turns this could be you camp margaritaville at lanier islands an easy one hour drive from atlanta Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.